I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, they sneaked up all Akaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? Black, Black Panther's, Panther's Quest. Quest. What is Black Panther's Quest, Chris? Black Panther's Quest is the new Avengers um, animated show that our friend of the podcast, Jeffrey Thorne, is the head writer on. It premieres on Disney XD on mm-hmm. September 23rd, two week, well, a week from today when mm-hmm. this drops. Um, Put that in the show notes. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks all the, the, like the the, 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 tr- the official trailer dropped the other day. Mm-hmm. Looks awesome as hell. Um, Jeff should be be over the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show. We discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So Lisa Bolakaja is out today, but we got my man sitting in with us again. The little baby writer himself, the little baby got his thumb mm-hmm. all in his mouth. I definitely don't, <laughs> but hi. Jasani <laughs> Drew over here. What's up, Jasani? I am doing phenomenal, yeah. actually. Um, took the bus again today. Mm-hmm. Um, system's crazy. The bus system's crazy. They have some people, some crazy people on the bus today. And I've never been approached by a crazy person. I lived in New York City all my life. <laughs> never had a crazy person even look at me. And today, this man decided to test my New Yorkness. <laughs> but <laughs> I put my he ear. Don't play. He don't I don't play. like. I don't even know this about myself. But apparently, was a kid. My mom always told me, "Anybody touch you, hit them back." <laughs> so apparently, she told me like she used to come into office so much times because they did that, and they're like, "What happened?" They're like. Mom, you said anybody hit me, and she's like, "Shh." shh, shh. <laughs> I don't know where he got this from. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to him. See, that's a story. That's yeah. a story. Exactly. That's a scene in the script. Exactly. That's a scene in the script. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting about taking, taking the bus in LA. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference in New York is that in New York, like everyone takes the bus in the subway because it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what you said, it's all numbers and shit, too? The streets? Yeah, the numbers, the streets, it's, it's so easy. It's easy, to but... Follow the you numbers. Know, it's, it's, you know, but... Up. Um, <laughs> but in L.A., people take the public, the bus and the, and the, and the metro because mm-hmm. um, they're shit out of luck in a lot of reasons. Yeah. They don't have a car, mm-hmm. or they don't have a car. And they're usually... And then, therefore, they're usually in a specific, you know, socioeconomic class that... Um, that, that harkens to the insane, can, mm-hmm. you know, can get on, and then you're like, "Oh shit, you're on yeah. the bus," right. you, on the you know, because you know, because I mean, people people always tell you, you know, in New York, you get on a subway, there might be a fucking guy who's going to Wall Street. To, yeah, everyone's you know, on the to, bus to, to get, to get in his, you yeah. know, his three thousand dollar a second, you know, job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that in San Francisco. Same thing. Yeah, you know, but here yeah. it's not like that. So mm-hmm. you, that's, that's why you might meet crazy people on the bus. Yeah, and his actors took, I think. Keanu Reeves one time I had a picture taking a bus I mean the train in New York mm-hmm. um, Mariah Carey had a I don't know exciting night she decided she wanted to take the <laughs> train with her with no bodyguards security, I was about to but say. she did it at like 2am oh, okay, so there was right. no one on there also <laughs> <laughs> so that's why she felt lively um, but yeah it's, it's, it's a, the, 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 the feel is not different here um, but I was ready. I all I said was, "Sir, you can sit there and talk whatever you want. Once you stand up, I'm standing up right after you." <laughs> and this is something. What was I he saying to you? Like what? I don't know. I just walked past him, and if you know me, I'm just like jolly, like right. da 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 da. <laughs> sit down. All I know is he turns around, and I know he talked to me. I never think they're talking to me ever. <laughs> but he literally looks at me and was like, 
I don't know. They think they're better than me, but they're not better than me. Something, something, white people, something, something. They don't know who I am. And then he looks up at me. And all I said in my head is just, Sonny, don't do it. We're going to a happy place. But I know God in heaven, if he stands up, I'm putting it right back down. <laughs> That's all I do. So I said, let me put on my headphones. Let me be happy. I'm going to have a good day today. Put on your headphones. And I blasted it. And after I got off, the scary part was after I got off the bus, he came off. Ooh, and he really? wasn't coming off because he was sitting down. And I, I got nervous because in New York, like crazy is crazy. They will spit on you. Mm-hmm. I saw a nurse <laughs> run from a broomstick that this homeless man apparently had on the train. Right. So I was like, sit away from him. When I get off, to like get straight off. Because I don't know if you can spit on me. I don't know anything like that. Mm-hmm. But he got off after I got off. And he followed me into Rite Aid. What? Yeah. Luckily, there was another man who was there with me. He was like my guardian angel because he came to me. He's like, did you hear what that guy was saying? I'm like, yes, I'm pretty aware of what he was saying. I just don't want him come near me. Come near me. And he told me that the guy was in Rite Aid behind me. Fuck. So I was just breathing. I was like, it's going to be fine. We're going we're gonna to get through this. So luckily for him, I think he was my guardian angel because he went to go look out for me and said, let me see if he's still in here. And he wasn't. And I, I made it here. Okay. But that was my morning. <laughs> oh my god, that's scary. That was that's quite scary. a morning, yeah. <laughs> but I, when I walked in here, I got happy again, and like everything is good. It's <laughs> good. Like, yeah, we can't New York City there. from Shit. the Bronx, just so you know. We I got still my, have Bronx. We got my man Chris Derrick in the house, writer director himself. That's I'm gonna start thing. introducing you like that. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, people? <laughs> How y'all doing? It's all good in the neighborhood, chopping on wood. That's good. That's good. That's good. So check it out, y'all. If you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So on our last episode, we were starting to talk about um, the eight uh, points of, of, what is it? It's like uh, Kurt Vonnegut put together these like eight tips for mm-hmm. s- for sure story writing mm-hmm. that I have read numerous times I take out I'll constantly just refresh myself because I feel it's they're very um, apropos to, to to screen and TV right. writing you mm-hmm. know um, so let's go over them so let's go let's let's do them one at a time, time and let's talk about them you yeah. know just like as a either how they apply or what, how we've used them or whatever you feel okay the first one is use the time of a total stranger in such a way that he or she will feel the time was not wasted hmm what does that mean to you in screenwriting so you know the thing that you don't want to okay so here's the thing because I used to read too, I used to read for Lionsgate mm-hmm. and what Ooh. the worst thing is I used to do it for Sunday you have to read <laughs> all these scripts that are <clears throat> bad yeah and the thing yeah. is the thing is is that you kind of get to the point where you know a script's bad three or four pages in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but as the reader who has to put together the coverage mm-hmm. you got and part of the coverage is like giving suggestions on how to make it better right. you got to read yeah. the whole thing you have to you, you know and so therefore your yeah and therefore <sighs> you're like now you're wasting my time yeah every new sentence is now a waste of time mm-hmm. because you haven't cared enough to keep me engaged I mean you know the cardinal sin of all writing is don't bore me mm-hmm. you know and so that's what the waste of time is it's like you know like think about when you watch a movie that you feel like that was bullshit mm-hmm. you know it's worse when you're watching the damn when you're reading on the page because you don't have music to help you through it or you know the, just the actors will help you through a bad story mm-hmm. you know that they, I mean like they can make a bad story somewhat watchable, you know, but you don't have any of that help on the page. So you got to really make sure that, that everything is working for you. I always, sorry, I always think, um, cause I also did script coverage myself. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I felt that time wasted. I, I was luckily lucky enough to be in, a uh, the company I interned for. They, we, we had a score which was literally so bad I can't I cannot get through this and we were allowed to say I stopped at this page I'm gonna give you two paragraphs of why why I could not continue and if the story executive disagrees he'll usually text you Mm -hmm. not text you I mean email you and if multiple readers 
are around the same or we feel different, he put us all in an email. We all talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a big thing was with me is when I feel my time was wasted was when I felt like people, it wasn't exactly just for me, it wasn't the story because I was learning not to, everyone's story is different, you know, not to judge them or blame them on the story, but not looking it over, not showing it. Like sometimes I could read stuff and sh- I can tell you didn't show this to anybody else. Because if you showed it to one other person, they would have looked at you and said, no, this is, this, this is weird. It's not going to work. Well, and well, Chris and I talk about how I can read a script and tell you never read it on paper. Yeah. If it, that makes any sense. Yeah, you know it's I mean? a weird thing. Yeah. 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 It's a, that's what I, what, right. I learned those powers exist right. when, I was re- was, when I was reading. Is like It's a weird thing that comes to you. Like, this person... Like, uh, I think in the last episode, I was talking about... Um, I read one, and I can tell these people were trying to like include other movies in it, just mm-hmm. make it sound cool. And, yeah, it was just... I, I've never seen the movie they were trying to imitate, but just reading it, it's just this thing that pops up. You're just like... Why does it sound like some other movie just got pieced in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. see, see, that happens a lot. Yeah. That happens a lot. Go ahead. Go. I mean, the whole thing is this. It's like we were saying in the previous version about like the page one, set the tone, bring me into this world. Like, you know, executives read so many scripts and, you know, like we've read a lot of scripts mm-hmm. and we'll watch movies and we'll watch television, these Netflix series, which I don't even look at as television in a certain sense, is that, um, I want to be in the world. I want your script to be good. Yeah. I want, I, it's like, I'm not approaching your script with a chip on my shoulder, like, motherfucker, I'm daring you to be good. <laughs> it's like, I'm opening up and going, oh, I, you know what? You this could be want great. It to be, right. Yeah. This, I hope like this is great. Yeah. And the worst thing is, you get to the bottom of that first page and you're like, God damn it, they weren't good. Right. Yeah. Because the first page, is let me know a lot about your understanding of the craft. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like, I need to be into the character. I need to know, like, why do I care? What was, what's going on? You know, the, the, there can be, like, mystery about what is the story's going to be, mm-hmm. but I need to be in and, like, feel like, you know, like, you're... I need to feel comfortable with you as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the that's the main thing. You know, yeah. that, what, read one again for me one more time. I'm sorry. Use the time of a total stranger in such a way that he or she will not feel the time was wasted. Okay. For some reason, I'm sure this probably means a lot of things to a lot of people. For some reason, it brought to me, and I think you started to say it when you first started bringing theme, right? Mm. I always say this. People always ask me, well, what do you mean when you say theme? And I say, you ever go to a movie and you come out going, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> to me, was where you were going and where you were going was they messed up on the theme. They threw in a scene, for example, like mm-hmm. in the one you read, where it had nothing to do with the tone or the story or anything, but it was an interesting moment, right? Yeah. So it bumped you, right? And then yours might have been something else that bumped you in a whole other way. So for me, usually a younger writer will write the theme and they'll have like four themes, as opposed to one thing. Mm. <laughs> you know, and people forget a movie is about one thing. It should be a very simple story with elements of intrigue and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. right? So when I when I heard that, that was the first thing I was thinking about was, you know, putting your character in a simple story and making it really, really easy to read, but you're just drawn to it because of the mystery. You're drawn to it because of the comedy, whatever the, you know, the genres that you're in, because mm-hmm. of the horror, because of the, the thriller, whatever the, you know, the, the thing, your devices you're using. And that is where the cleverness is to me, where you keep the reader reading and, 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 and forgive me, I know I'm being stupid. One more time. Give me one. Use the time of a total stranger in such a way that he or she will feel the time is not wasted. Right. So therein, therein lies, like you say, you read page one and you're like, do I want to waste my time reading the rest of this? Mm. Right. As opposed to the total stranger is the character or the total stranger is the reader. Yeah. You see what I mean? Well, it's interesting point too about the, right. about the, stra- about the character too. Yes, we could bring that up because I want to know that you're going to handle this person's life 
the right way. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you've introduced the person to me, I'm like, okay, is this person going to be cool to me? I mean, you know, we were talk- I was talking about something the other day. Did we talk about it on this? I don't know. We talked about this. In that movie, that sorry, that TV show called Killing Eve. Mm-hmm. The opening scene of that pilot is you meet the assassin girl, mm. and she's trying to like interact with this little girl across. They're in an ice cream parlor, mm-hmm. and she can't get the girl to give her really any kind of attention. Like you know, you see a little kid, and right. you can smile at them, they'll smile back at you, and mm-hmm. ice cream, blah blah blah. And she can't get that to happen with this kid. <laughs> so when she leaves, she like knocks the kid's ice cream on the floor and like goes out. And you're like, oh, this bitch, this bitch. I need to find out what's up with her right. because so you're curious. Yeah, yeah you're curious. Mm-hmm. You're curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, awesome. that's, that's, that's something as a new writer I'm trying to figure out is I do want to do that. I, I want to make sure that this person's entertained because like, the idea in my head, of course, is entertaining and I think it's going to be amazing. And then is that translation part where it's like... Because when I've written... Because I had the same script I have right now that I've written for the third time. When I wrote it kind of the first couple times... I didn't think about anybody else but me, and I didn't make sure everyone else found it as entertaining as I did. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things that I wanted to hit, like um, in the last episode you were saying, uh, one of the directors stood outside, was was waiting for like the, the times mm-hmm. of laughter or scream. I was waiting for that too. I was looking at that. I was like, it's going to... Nope. Okay. Nope. They didn't laugh. Oh, they didn't. Okay. Never mind. And that was so during my table read. You shouldn't even be thinking. I if sh- you're watching it, you write, you should be writing in the movie. You shouldn't be thinking about. I mean, because I mean, it was it was a table read, and right. I was just listening for. It was more. I was doing it for more of catching the things that I didn't catch because I needed everybody else to say it out loud. Are you talking about for your script? For my own script. Oh yeah, that's that people were table sure, reading. Sure, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, that you're supposed to be on your P's and Q's and listening to rhythms and yeah, you know, I mean, all that. Sure. And see, and I had someone read the um, description the, the, the and see narration. where he like mm-hmm. when he had like hesitated and didn't flow. Um, but that's the part where I get because I'm trying to figure out how do you keep like entertain other people, but not get crazy or not to get out of to leave your intention you know mm-hmm. um, and is that part because for instance in mine I want to introduce the main character and like how he is you know status quo I want to introduce who he is and how he starts off and how he sees the world but you know something exciting should happen well that's why in in a lot of movies they'll start on I'm just spitballing you start on a character who's a lawyer you start on them on a case Right, you see them in the courtroom. You see how good they are. You see them win or lose. What if it's not a procedure? I'm, I'm just generalizing. Yeah. Just generalizing. So, so you, you do that because you're showing a look at you're showing what their superpower is. Mm-hmm. You know, look at how smart they are. Look at how good they are. They never lose anything. We think they're perfect. Then they get home and they're distant from their son. You, know, you go like, ah, there's yeah, this flaw. Yeah, like that's like a liar, liar. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking about. You know. And so in your story, you think about, um, so here's my world, you know, there's this character who's whatever, right? Timid, shy, scared. What? Timid, shy, reserved. Okay, then you put him in a timid, shy situation where, where either you show how timid and shy they are, or you show how smart they are because they're timid and shy. If that makes any sense, yeah. You see where I'm going with that, Chris? No, you do. Do <clears throat> right. It's like you know. I just watched it. You ever seen the re- recent? Oh, the, the horror movie. I, I don't watch horror movies. I don't watch horror movies. I have too <laughs> big of an imagination. <laughs> I would see him literally in gutters. I can't. But, <laughs> Things get too real. But uh, I mean, look, it's been out for over a year. Right. So I watched the new one, the Stephen King thing. And is, is it on like Amazon now? Or it's, it's on. on? It's on. I saw it on it's, HBO. It's, it's on, on HBO. Yeah, it's on HBO now. So there's a fat kid in there, and you meet him. And this this school's out, and, you know, and it's like he's he's like he's sneaking out the back, mm-hmm. and he's got this diorama with him, and he's like trying to come down the stairs, and there's like his bike's tied, is locked up, and he's like, how do I navigate this? And this girl comes up to him, mm-hmm. and she's like. Um, you know, and and he, and the girl can't get past him, mm-hmm. and she says something to him like, 
oh, they're all waiting for you out front, so you're good, you know. And he's and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not afraid. It's, it's like the way that interaction was set up, where it's like he, you know, he's a nerd, obviously, mm-hmm. and and she saw through his fear and knew what he was doing in the background back here, you trying to escape but not be seen. Uh, right. And it was really interesting. And then the way he kind of played it off was like, oh, I didn't. No, they're not. I'm not hiding from them. No, I'm trying to do my own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and then he's got because he's timid. He doesn't know how to talk to him. She's got mm-hmm. headphones on. She pulls them off. I mean, you know, he's pulled he's pulled them down, and she pulls them off and listens. And she's like, "New kids on the block." <laughs> and he can, this takes place in the late '80s, and he's right. like, "Ah, uh, ah." Uh. It's like the way he tries to like uh, deal with being. Start, yeah. this, he's timid. Doesn't matter. It's really a fun. It's, a, it's not fun, but it's it's like it's written well. But see, that was the switch. Okay. See, anybody else would have went, oh, he's probably listened to the most popular, or whatever the fuck. They were like, no, the opposite of that. Yeah. You got to yeah. keep thinking the opposite of that. Yeah. What's the most weirdest thing he would he would unplug? Oh, it would be new kids on the block. You know what I mean? You got to think mm-hmm. like that. You know okay. what I mean? You got to push the envelope like that. Like that's why you see. <clears throat> there used to be a trope in like the 80s and 90s where movies would always start on somebody waking up in the morning, the alarm goes off, boom, they hit it, they get up, and they do whatever, right? And they start making their day, and then boom, you see them, oh, he's a construction worker. Now, it's like if you use that device, you got to be even more clever with it, you know? So now it's got to be like, boom, they wake up in the morning, they turn over, they go to go kiss their wife, and it's his husband sitting there. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It's little switches that you have to do to make it feel more new. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's little it's the little tricks that you do or you take that a step further and you have somebody at work and he's like the most macho whatever guy in the world and then later on we see him at home and then honey I'm yeah. home and then the guy comes and it's and it's another guy and they're cooking, you know what I mean? It's little shit that you do now to show where we're going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To show the opposite of everything you think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah subvert expectations. Yeah, subvert. In awkward situations right. where his weakness shows, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I guess just just to, to piggyback off of what you're saying is find a way to introduce your character in a way. I always think that showed you like what it is that their ability is, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Or what their problem is. Like you look at at Aaron Brockovich as an example, we're going back, you know, 20, 30 years, you know, immediately when you meet her, she's at a job interview, she doesn't get the job. But the way she talks to this person, you know, oh, this is a person who Mm -hmm. says whatever she wants to do. She wears what she wants to wear and her mouth will get her in trouble. Yeah. So it tells you everything about her in, in two pages. Scene. And you know what? That's actually an awesome script. Anybody has oh read God. it needs to fucking read it. It's oh my God. But it's like, again, you know, you can go back even to like Star Wars. And Star mm-hmm. Wars, in the first movie, A New Hope, when you meet Luke Skywalker, you know what his problem is. Right. He's fucking working on a farm in the desert <laughs> where they're buying fucked up droids. Like, right. that's not what anybody mm-hmm. wants. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are, you don't want to have that life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he and he has bigger dreams. He looks well, at the sky. A, he's a he, lot, wish, he's he wishes a, he was out there. Lot, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, right. because there's that moment when his they're they're they're, they're buying the droids, and his he's trying to leave, and he's and his uncle says he wants him to do something for him, and he's like, "But I was trying to go into town and blah 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 blah," and, and mm-hmm. he's like, "No, your friends can wait," <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you're like, mind. "Fuck." He got a whack life, right? Yeah, he really. I mean, and and we saw this cool shit before mm-hmm. Vader coming in and the droids and the princess, and you're like, okay, these are all careening in a path right. to to intersect with this guy's fucked up life. Yeah, how's he gonna respond? So, and and you have yeah. to make somebody in that situation. You have to have somebody who's a fish out of water, who's the awkward person in the neighborhood. I'm assuming your character is yeah, the main of what we talk. Yeah. There's somebody who doesn't fit. They're the underdog character. Mm-hmm. Everybody roots for them. So show them in an underdog situation so we know at the end of the movie, at the end of the episode, they have to overcome something or, beca- or get a strength that helps them throughout the series. Whatever it is, show that weakness to strength or that strength to weakness. Okay. You know? So let's get to number and two. And that leads us into point number two. Give the reader at least <clears throat> one character that he or she can root for. Right, which is that's what you're saying. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, but that's exactly what you're saying. It's right. like you know, you know, show 
you know, even so, the procedural about the attorney you were mentioning mm-hmm. earlier, you know, like those shows still work on TV now when great attorney or whatever he is, but the case that he's now gonna have to face is like, you know, is better than him. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, even if it's just for that episode, you know, it's like gonna test all his, it's gonna right. test everything he's learned, and it might just be like, oh. It's my mentor who's now up for murder, mm-hmm. who taught me almost everything. Right. I have Fuck. to. I have to turn him in. I have to turn him in. Now, right. You know, or I have to defend, or I have right. to go against him in court. How do mm-hmm. I even do that? Right. Mm-hmm. You have you to know? find the weakness. Yeah. You right. Know? And then you like, you, you know, and hopefully, if we set this guy up right, he's got a superpower. But like his, Wall Street, like Wall Street. Street but right. his family life is so fucked. His personal life is so fucked. They were like, damn. I mean, as cool as he is. You know, like this is gonna kill him and shit like this. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, like, and so now, like maybe something where it's like again, if it's the mentor, he's got to go up against. He might have to meet the mentor in the scene earlier mm-hmm. and be like, "Oh, I owe like everything to you." Mm-hmm. You know, like my life's in shambles. I need your help to help me get it back. Like, how do I? And then the mentor is like, "Oh, well, I'll do this, this, and this." And you're like, "Okay." So now he's got these actionable goals, and then it's like. Oh, and I've just divulged all my secrets that I'm suffering to you. And the next day, I'm facing you in court. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Well, just yeah. we we were talking yesterday about sometimes you have a character who is like uh, really racist or you know against a particular you know group within your group, for example. And and sometimes people will read that and be like, oh, he's really preachy. Or we don't like them because, you know, the, or other people are going to read this and not like that character. And my thought was that, though, and it made me think of Spike Lee, right? Spike Lee is really known for having those type of characters that are like, white people, look at yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little, little on the nose to me sometimes, right? Right, right, right. Um, but what, what helps is having another character who's the voice of the other way. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's why they usually give a character a best friend, yeah. or you know their mentor, or whatever it is, right? So if you have a ki- your lead character can still be a person who believes a certain way, like like I was thinking about it as good as it gets, and with um, um Nicholson? Nicholson's character, you know, totally, you know, this what's his name? Uh, Melvin uh, Udall is his whatever. Name. You know what I mean? But thinking, but then he fell in love with, with the, the girl, with, with the, the waiter, yeah, the waitress. waitress, yeah, yeah. But she's the voice of the other person. Yeah, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then. Your character always wants something, but what they needed was something else. He wanted this one thing. What he needed was the girl right. to yeah. make him be normal. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. what, <clears throat> what he wanted was clean mm-hmm. life, every, the OCD and everything like that, right. all that. Right. But what he needed was the girl to allow that messiness not to fuck with him. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Right. Is, so it, is it weird that... <clears throat> so what I'm doing in my pilot is... I want I want the audience to kind of root. I want him to root for is not the main opponent, and he's kind of more like the opponent. He's the uh, f- like fake opponent ally, but you don't know he's the opponent. And I want everyone to root for him. So that's why in the beginning, I didn't make him the obvious opponent. I made him like a an ally, so people can think, oh, that's his friend. And then you find out. So he's going to turn on him at some point. Not, and and the the part, how I'm doing this is, he's not turning, it's not that he turned on him, it's that he did something fucked up and didn't say anything the whole time. Mm -hmm. So you don't know he's the one who did the fucked up thing. And you finally did something fucked up, and then so you hate him for it. But he's not really the opponent. The opponent. He's actually an ally. Because he wants. Uh, yeah, see, see okay, I, I could complicate it, but things. No, no. I mean, it's it's it's. You know what? You never make characters are never too complicated. It's story that becomes complicated right. and, yeah. and and makes the people have a difficulty following mm-hmm. something. And usually, it's because of too much plot. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. So you have to kind of just figure out. You gotta say to yourself now. I got to strip down a, a lot of other maybe plot scenes mm. and I got to work the character scenes more and give the character, make sure this ally, this faux ally, what you're saying, is that the audience, the audience has to feel that his choice that makes you not like him 
is justified. Mm-hmm. You know, like like it, it's like you go, oh, I you know I can see why he did that. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but I can see why he did it. You have to really because if you flip someone's um, expectations about a character, if you don't want to lose. You know, I mean, it's all about like how you want the audience to to perceive the character, like yeah. after the event. You know, and it's like, well, do I have to like this character? Or do I not like this character? If you still want them to like them, you got to decide. You got to do. The, so my friend Steve always says, "I don't have to like your character. I have to be fascinated by your character." Mm. You know, because the, <laughs> yeah, see, so that so the cannibal and, kind of thing. Yeah, and the fascination could be. You know, is what the justification is of what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I Hannibal Lecter is a great example. Like, you know, you don't fucking like that dude, yeah. mm-hmm. but you have to, you can't stop watching him. Yeah, You're like, oh sure. shit, man. Uh, yeah, another good script, Ted Talley. Fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually, what I did because what I, I don't know where I understood that, but I, I there was a point where I was like. I do want them to like, how do I, I learned that something to love, give them something to love does help with that. Mm-hmm. And I think what I gave him to love helps justify it because it's for that person he loves just made him do what he did. That, you know what? That, that, I mean, it's not reading. I mean, it sounds like it can work. I mean, you know, or yeah, just things about the about character it, that yeah. make you different. I mean, the thing that's, if you think about Hannibal Lecter in that scene in Silence of the Lambs, it's just different than the scene in Manhunter, the way he's introduced. Mm-hmm. In Silence of the Lambs, you know, they, either, you walk down that really, it looks like a medieval type of dungeon. Yeah. And when you get to, and everyone's got like, like regular type of bars and shit like that. But he has that glass. Mm-hmm. It's like, no one even get close to his ass. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is, is all the elements inside of his cell show a man of culture. You know, he's drawing from memory like the El Duomo in Italy mm-hmm. and Florence. And you're like, and it's just, you're like, whoa, like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be here, but I have to respect this dude. I mean, he's fucking like a, like, you know, he's the. They're showing you he's a genius. He's a genius. First of all, he's right? like yeah. this, this sommelier with <clears throat> the wine thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing in prison? Yeah, I know he's a killer, but, mm-hmm. you know, well, all right, I, you know, I'm not as, I'm not as hateful of him. Right, but so you just remind me of something is, we were talking about like introducing that that character. There's little things you can do that tell you about the character too. You know whether he's timid or whatever. There's little things you could do. Like you could be in his at his office and just on his desk is a book of Shakespeare. It's like little things to show you. Oh, he's well read. You, yeah. I mean, it's it's little things. Yeah. You know what I mean? That tell you about the character without you saying, "Here's what I do. I love this." It's yeah. just things you see. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just a yeah, visual and, cue. And, that, and that's the that's mm. the detail in the writing. See, where mm. but we were talking earlier about like how, how what, what you write in a script and how much is poetry and writing. Yeah, too yeah, much. yeah, yeah. See, it's like you know, like some, I say all the time, it's like you have such limited page real estate in particularly a screenplay mm-hmm. that you got to say to yourself, every line has to be doing something mm. because, like, if I say to you. I'm in a, you know, like law office at some like Wall Street um, firm. Mm-hmm. I have to, des- there's like, I don't need to describe that much because a Wall Street law office is, is letting the production designer know how yeah. this has to look. Mm-hmm. But if he has like, you know, like some little toy. But like in desk. billions, you have yeah. to describe yeah. that. That's a little more detailed. Yeah. Well, right. yeah. Well, that, okay. In the pilot of that, they go to that house he mm-hmm. wants to buy, you know, yeah. that big right, house. Right. They describe that house because you might not know what a $32 million house right. looks like. Yeah. I mean, most of us don't. So he better describe <laughs> what the fuck that looks know. like. You know, when you get to his <laughs> office, right. it's set up in a different way. But when you get to the, what's his name's office? The, um, uh, Chuck, Chuck, yeah, right. yeah, Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. They don't describe. Law firm. They don't it's describe. Dark. Yeah, yeah, they right. don't yeah. really describe mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know, that's like true. They the, don't. You know, yeah. the teak wood, but mm-hmm. but when you go in there, teak wooded out, all mm-hmm. this cool shit. But they make that one interesting point when they're eating the food. And remember the pilot? They're eating. They're, eat, they're eating takeout. In, in the visual, I think I don't know if they didn't. Did they do it in the script? I remember the visual. In the, eating well, in the, the script, they're eating like, and he makes a point that it's like you know like. 
ketchup packets right. and styrofoam. Mm-hmm. And it's oh. like, oh, he's still like, he's all this, but he's still kind of a man of the people mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he didn't order out the yeah, He went chasings. to the food truck and got yeah. the chip. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's telling you something right. about his character. Well, Axel goes to a fancy restaurant. restaurant. Right. right. You know, and it t- right. so that's... But that's character stuff. It's character that stuff. tells you a lot of that. that it's just a subtle thing. Yeah, and and, you it, have to think and about. it makes you again for this Lifestyle. point. It makes you root for this character because you're like, Culture oh, you know, because you watch billions and you go, okay, well, a guy that I should be rooting for maybe is Bobby because mm-hmm. he seems so cool and slick. I have no idea who I'm rooting for. But, um, <laughs> I love the both. I literally no, know but see, that's was, uh, but that's why. But but then something happens with Bobby later mm-hmm. on where he's at that pizza place and mm-hmm. he said, "I bought this because I came here as a kid." And you're mm-hmm. like, well, he's a rich asshole, but he's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he came from a fucking harsh level background and then the same thing about Chuck is that Chuck came from he came from a really wealthy family with his dad but he doesn't treat his dad with special, special. Yeah. he's like I'm a f- you know dad don't yeah. fuck with me like this right. here and again. he's out here eating like the damn, he's, eat, he's eating like a hot dog essentially and it's like dude you come from the place where you, you that you know what the 32 million dollar house looks like mm-hmm. but you don't but, but, but I don't feel you're like the, he's not alienating to me now right. because he you fucking eat what I'm gonna eat yeah, it's it's it's, it's subtleties. subtleties. It's just subtleties. Yeah. So what's number, what's number three? Number three, <clears throat> every character should want something, even if it's only a glass of water. Delicious. Right now, now that's kind of where we're going a yeah. little bit. But okay. Well, no, because well, kind of short story is is there's less time in that, but mm-hmm. it's kind of it makes you say. So, this is the thing too that a lot of times happens when you're writing, is that you think to write characters. It just you keep writing characters, yeah. And you keep adding people and stuff because oh, it's another person, blah, blah 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 blah. And it's like no, because what's that character there for? Mm-hmm. They don't have mm-hmm. they if they don't contribute anything, then they gotta go because they don't because they, they don't want anything. Yeah, there's like a little subtle change in the blade script. In the blade script, in the opening scene when you know um, the what's her name the. Karen, the, mm-hmm. the, the the hematologist, she's looking at that blood sample with the white boy who's, they have that little, they used to have a fling or mm-hmm. something like that. In the script, there's another woman in that scene who just says a, says a quick line, mm-hmm. you know? But when they shot it, they didn't even have her in there and they gave that line. I think they even got rid of that line because mm-hmm. like, this character's got no purpose really. It's yeah. just... She's gonna say something, and then another person's gonna show up, and then it's like, now I gotta pay another actor and put the camera on her and block differently. It's like because the writer probably thought they needed, they needed another the, person the, the, there to make it feel more fuller and right. whatever, whatever the reasons right. are. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. But then you're shooting, and you go, no, I don't need it. You know, and ultimately you got to think about that all the time. It's like, like, like everyone's yeah. got to have some purpose. Purpose. That's what that means. They want something. They need a purpose and a purpose in the script, mm-hmm. in the story you're telling. Again, it's like they're thinking in, thinking in the blacklist pilot. It's like there's no um, there's no extraneous characters in that pilot. You know, I don't remember the. I mean, it's a script. I don't remember how it was in the the show. I did watch. I remember that, the show. I remember watching the first season. I really liked that show. The first season. Um, but she, but that's why this is a great pilot. It's so lean, mm-hmm. and yeah. everybody wants something that they need to they need to play. And even like mm-hmm. the little girl who who gets kidnapped, she just wants to yeah. be with her, just be back with her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And it just, you know, I was thinking about <clears throat> it's probably because the tag says every character should want something, even if it's a glass of water or something mm-hmm. like that. And I went. It reminded me of. I used to um, teach like the organization Black Screenwriters at CBS and the Writers Guild from time to time, and I used to talk about like when you go on a pitch meeting or even a general. <clears throat> the first thing they ask you is, "Would you like a glass of water or Coke or whatever the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people are like, "No, I'm okay." I'm like, "No, take it, right? Take the drink." And people are always like, "Why?" Because it gives you some, it gives you business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it gives you something to do. It gives you something to have in your hand. You know, in the middle of you pitching or talking, your throat might go dry. You could just take a stop, take a sip, gather yourself, and you might have forgot some shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now you can use it to get your thoughts back again. But to them, it's like, oh, he just needed a drink of water. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. So good point. So it reminded me of that. I used to always teach it all the time about always take the drink. Always take the drink. It's funny because it made. I remember I, w- I did an interview one time for a company and they had like eight people in the room and they offered me, they offered me water and they had this fancy water on the table and I was like, 
it's okay. I'll get this water. Can I take this one? And something about like taking that water and having that fancy one to sit down made me feel like it made me feel like a part of the group and like important mm. that I got like the fancy water. And I'm like, <laughs> it's it's a weird thing, but yeah, like when well, everyone came in, I was yeah, but I felt like I, I, I know as you're saying. I mean, think about when you go to someone's house and they offer you a glass of water. Mm-hmm. And you take it, and you just you just feel more comfortable at your home. Mm-hmm. Think about if you go to someone's house and they don't offer you anything, right? Then you right. kind of feel like, yeah, oh, you like have this. You know yeah, I've been here for twenty minutes. You ain't offered me nothing yet. It's like, <laughs> who am I to you? <laughs> I'm keeping you as a stranger. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm keeping. I'm purposely keeping you as a stranger because right. it's nothing to give someone water. You know. Right. Now, granted, when you're at these the pipe, places, right. you can be like. Oh, do you have coffee or do you have soda or whatever? Yeah. And they usually have it, but they're just, but then at the one moment, the power dynamic is on you. Mm. You are ordering them around. Mm. You know? I was just thinking about one, one of the things you have to think about about the character wanting something. Be careful. Here's something that I read in younger writers' pilots, because now all the writers are writing pilots, not spec scripts anymore, <clears throat> is because they think characters need to arc, they already arc them in the first episode. They forgot you got a whole season. You got to arc somebody. Now that's why they want something, but they shouldn't get that something at the end of the episode. They can change a little bit, you know, by the end of the episode. Like what what I would do if you want to change your character, mm-hmm. I would just put them on on the on the on the highway of the path they're supposed to go now. You know what I mean? Like say they wanted to be at the beginning of the episode. Um, they're in college and now they want to be a lawyer at some whatever firm. I would just put them on the drive by the end of the episode. Now we know this is just simplifying, you know, oh, now we know he got the job at, you know, such yeah. and such, you know, company in Beverly Hills. But but now there's a mistake or now there's a problem because he's all excited. He's got his office, but he didn't realize it comes at the at the whatever the detriment yeah. of the fucking firm you know right, what I mean right. so there's always some yin and yang or some, some up and high and low there's something else going on behind it, it, the you haven't doors. resolved it's the whole thing about what people think about is like what's the and this is what kills a lot of pilots and kills a lot of things it's like what's the end goal like if I tell you the series log line Mm-hmm. Basically, what you're saying is, don't try to solve the series log line in the pilot. Right. Mm. You could come with a pilot log line as well. Yeah, what to say? You, you have know, three, you, right? You have, three season and yeah, and it's pilot. like, I mean, you know, I just use the blacklist again because I just re- recently read that Me pilot. Too. Who is yeah. that? <laughs> if you, is that if you think about it, you know, what does Elizabeth Keene want? She wants the first day. At the FBI, starting that job, mm-hmm. she wants two things. She wants to start a family, mm-hmm. and she and she wants respect at the job because <clears throat> she's done something else in the FBI. And now she's starting here at this point, and yeah. she's from kind of a difficult background. She was saying and stuff like that. Their father, their father's missing all this kind of stuff, and then she gets this opportunity. She's thrust into high, high profile case. Yeah. That and the guy's like, I will only deal with her, and I got all these people that, that I'm gonna take down, but I only do it through her. Yeah, the thing is, is that you might say to yourself, <clears throat> She's got the respect that she wants, mm-hmm. but she doesn't actually because she didn't earn any of that. Yeah, did, and so and so now she's got a so now you're saying yeah. to yourself, She's in the position to earn respect from she's dealing with the fucking director and stuff like that, but they all got a shoulder like, Bish, why are you here? Yeah, and she's saying to herself, I wanted this job, but I got it in a way that I didn't earn. So now it's like I have to earn the respect yeah. in every episode. I got to show that I know something. Yeah, and she does show like 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 she shows some like as they figure out the thing with the with the kid and the bomb, and she's yeah. she figures out the things at the end to solve it. You know, yeah. and it's like and she's like, and and the Harold Cooper and the other guy, um, uh, like the what's his name? His name is like uh, Diego Cot in real life. Mm-hmm. It's like they're questioning why she's there the yeah. whole time. But the cool thing is, at the end of that pilot, it's like she makes that really decision. She's she's like, should I even be here? Should I eat? Should I should I even have this? Yeah. I need to walk away. I don't want to do any of this. This is not the not the way I wanted it. Right? Because you give them what they want. Yeah, you get yeah. Right. But then when she sees that box of the shit with her husband's passport, she was like, wait a minute, I yeah. need 
to know about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More and the job is the only way. So now, right. so now I got to go back. She's at sit down with a red. She was like, "We're gonna do this. We're gonna do it my way. You gonna tell me about this shit?" And he's like, "Yeah, maybe, bitch. I'll let you know." <laughs> which, <laughs> which is interesting. I I feel like. When I when I read that blacklist, and also I think Breaking Bad does it, but it does it more in the season. Right. Uh, when they like, they kind of like go the opposite way to give up. Like Walter White was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I, I don't want to do the drug thing anymore." And then he gets pulled back in. I f- it's it's interesting, and I think it's so. I think it's really like one of those things where I need some years to get on that point where they flipped it to what she wanted, to what she needed. Because I always looked at when I read it, I was mm-hmm. like, "How is she?" Because it's different in the um, actual shooting compared to the pilot, where I think more in the in the pilot is where she like like gave up and just like she literally just <laughs> was like no before she was like, "But I need to." Um, but see, that's I think that's yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's, no, it's good. that's one of the things that happens on a TV show. You shoot a pilot. And this happens with darn near every one. You watch the pilot and you watch the show and it's a little bit different episode two. Yeah. You know, and it's mainly because all kind of reasons. Number one is is not like in order in any kind of way. <clears throat> but one of the reasons is because sometimes scheduling is just different. So you thought you had, you know, that actor who's number two. Now they're on another series. because It took you guys too long to get that show picked up. So in order to save them, you only could put them in four episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So all that stuff you planned that was in the pilot had to switch. You know, so it's like little things that happen that have nothing to do with whatever. Or, you know, the studio decided they really liked that character, so they wanted to focus on that character a little bit more. You know what I mean? This goes all the way back. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day about... Um, um, What's the black show? 227? And then Jackie came, Jack A came in and just stole the show, and it became her fucking show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that happens, too. Mm-hmm. The audience is responding so well. They were like, we love that character. So even though it's about Florence, yeah. they're like, wait a minute. We could just go this way. Yeah, because, it, <laughs> you yeah, know? because that's the thing, too, is that you don't know is that, you know, you write the pilot. Everyone loves the pilot. They start, let's go film it, and then they cast it. Mm-hmm. And they usually find somebody who's kind of new. Urkel. Same you shit. know, they find someone new. Right. To, All right. You know, to, to be a certain role, oh. and the audience is, and and then they somehow that person just kills it, mm-hmm. and they're not expecting that in the pilot when they when they cast it. Right. They're not expecting it when they're shooting it mm-hmm. because, like like maybe the director knows because he's seen everything, and the showrunner because they're watching the dailies, but the studio doesn't know until they get that right. fucking thing, and then they don't even know until they fucking do the the upfronts, and they're like, oh my god, that's the best character you never. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't well, we know. Did, we you did it when uh, I was working on this. I did the show with Tiffany Haddish a couple of years ago before she I became love a Tiffany. star, and I said it to the directors like, if we do season two, it's all about her. It's all about her. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We didn't do a season two, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, it would have been her show. <laughs> we would have pushed everybody. Out. You all get to go yeah. to the back she room. Had some, she had something. She would yeah. steal the fucking show every time. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it actually, what you're talking about reminds me of my own writing because I always refer to my own writing because I'm the baby writer and what I know That's is fine. mine. That's what we talk, We always use our own references. Yeah. yeah. Um, I my the character like the villain guy that I want to make the fake ally stuff when I wrote the pilot and I was sh- showing people trusted friends <clears throat> they everyone loved him and no one gave a crap about my main character ah, my that protagonist happens all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. and I realized it's because I didn't I didn't really like and it's funny okay this was what I realized about the, this, the writing took me on another journey about my own life. Mm-hmm. I realized through my main character and why I can never write. Mind you, all my supporting characters are great. Everybody loves all my supporting characters. They're like, oh, they all have a very specific want. Bless, Bless you. They all have a very specific want, and everyone is either rooting for them or knows them. But my main character always ends, used to, he was like, the passive guy. He was the victim to every situation. That's 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 something that a lot of young writers do yeah. with their characters all the because they're trying to make them nice. They're trying to do you know what I mean? Yeah. But usually it starts with that. So they always put them in situations where they they they're not mean to people. They don't do what it, yeah. So so you don't like that character. Yeah. yeah. There's a you lot of characters I don't like, like Bella yeah. from well, cause Twilight. He, I mean. yeah, <laughs> well here's the thing, you know, is it, when, when you say I don't like a character you usually got to unpack that statement because it's too general when you right. say why. And it could be because, mm. well, I didn't like her because, 
you know, she fucked that dude. Mm-hmm. And but that but that's a good reason why I didn't like her, maybe. Right. But or it's I didn't like her because like you said, you're trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. And it's like that is a mistake that a lot of writers make is again it goes back to what my friend Steve is always saying is I don't have to like your character, I just gotta find them fascinating. Yeah. And if you're the type of person that you go through life and you're like are lying to people mm-hmm. and doing all this kind of shady ass shit and everything like that. They're flawed. Then you're mm-hmm. flawed. But yeah. if you do that in the right way for the character, I mean, for the audience, they go, oh, I want to see what this person's about. But yeah. you were saying earlier about that 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 one script. Uh, forgive me, I don't remember which one off the top of my head. Where she knocked over the ice cream. Oh, and yeah, um, killing Eve. And killing Eve. Eve. That's a perfect example of you have your hero. She sees a little girl. She's trying to get her attention or whatever. And the girl doesn't give her attention. She's like, well, fuck you then. Yeah. Bam. That is like, oh shit. This yeah, girl, it's crazy. This girl, this girl like, it was a shot. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because A, it's a girl doing that. B, right. it's like you kind of taught in a lot of things. Don't fuck with kids. And I bet yeah, she was the kid. cutest little girl. Oh, yeah, too. little girl with right. ice cream. Right. I was kind of shit. It's just like, and, 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 they're one of those nice sort of like, you know, it's like in. England or someplace in Europe where it's like some really like posh ice cream mm-hmm. parlor all yeah. with the, with the br- brass and shit and she's just like Pam, on the floor and you're like <laughs> girls crying and girls walking out smiling to right. the, the woman and you're like oh this bitch that tells yeah. you a lot about yeah. her but see that's the stuff that you have to be doing that's you, ha- you here's the thing me and we talk about this all the time with Pamela you have to give your characters especially your leads moments that actors mm-hmm. want to play yeah, the character moments. I guarantee you, that person read that and went, that scene. I'm playing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what? I'm going to read one page and be right. like, sign me up. I don't need to read right. anymore. Yeah. You have to think bigger. Like, what moments does your character have? Like, even, even you describing, like, the moment with you on the bus today. <laughs> but, but just trip. Imagine yeah. your timid character on the bus, some homeless dude or whoever the fuck it is, gets on and starts fucking with them. We think he's about to get his ass kicked. And then we realize, and oh, shit. Up. And you say those words, do not make, do, if you stand up, I'm going to fuck you, you up, whatever the fuck it is. I said, I'll put you back We down. don't expect that. Yeah. But we automatically like him. True. Cause, yeah, because think about it. Because if that was a scene where you show this kid and he's at home and he's getting ready and he's like putting on a backpack that's too big for him mm-hmm. and he maybe got like a, a asthma inhaler and, he, <laughs> and, you know, and he's got to run and his, and, his, and his older brother maybe is there and he's all like a buff a athlete and, and he yeah. runs down and he's going to, you know, he, he misses the food or his mom is all like, all right, now don't leave, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets on the bus and that happens. Like, mm-hmm. motherfucker, I'll sit your ass down if you stand. I mean, yeah. then you're like, oh. Right. Yeah. This guy. It turns like, out he's actually he's on the wrestling like, team. Yeah. We didn't oh, even realize. Yeah, it is. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like little or, shit. Or if he's yeah. on the wrestling team, he's doing it in secret, so his family right. doesn't even know. When you find that out a little later in the episode, right. he goes to the YMCA or across town or some shit. Yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, so now he's got to right. hide shit from his parents. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I'm in. I'm in because you know why? Because we all hide shit you from our parents. haven't seen that dude. But we've yeah, all right. hide shit from our parents, right. so we are. Imp- See, that's the thing about being sympathetic versus empathetic. If I can. If I'm I'm attracted to the empathy, I'm like okay, that's cool. Sympathy means I'm like in your same frequency, and I think the problem is is that 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 writers are like younger writers are like I have to make this character sympathetic so that everyone likes him. Because it's, you mentioned Breaking Bad, like in Breaking Bad when he that opening, I don't know if the pilot is like that. It's like it's it's just out of time. Where you know he kids out of that fucking trailer and he's in his damn yeah, shorts and, and all this kind of craziness and then he mm-hmm. starts talking in the video. Yeah, like, that's not yeah. opening. It's opening. like, mom, I'm gonna. Ki- it, it, it's so specific. Yeah, he just tells his whole backstory. And you know, it's like you're gonna die, die, and it's like, but that's a character that again, I'm sure Brian Caston was like, oh, I don't need to read anymore. Right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And to to make two small points. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> It's interesting because the, the one there was a there was a Netflix show that one that just came out and completely spaced on the name. Um, it's with a young black guy and a young white girl. Innocence. Y- innocent. Yeah, yeah. Innocence. innocence. Mm-hmm. And I was rooting for it, but it's funny because the point where I felt like it wasn't enough because I ended up liking the brother, like her brother, more because mm-hmm. he was the only one I feel like that had a character moment. And the rest of them, they they threw it in too fast, hmm. where it was we were already at like the inciting incident, like the first thing of the inciting incident. They're leaving, they're gone. But you never, I never understood their love. So when they ran away together, it's mm-hmm. like 
Okay. Maybe. I haven't seen that show yet, but I do want to watch it. But that kind of that that yeah. But that kind of gets us into that's uh, point five. But let's talk about point four, which is yeah. interesting. Um, I just want to put one quick thing about what I was saying before. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Keep. Uh, what I learned from my characters not having a want, and how my main characters always ended up have not having a want is that me personally, how I see my life. I, I noticed that I put in my writing. Mm-hmm. Like, I noticed at that moment, I was looking at life as a victim. Mm. So my main character was always, it's funny, it was always my main, because everyone loved the other side character, and he killed someone in the first episode, mm-hmm. but everybody loved him. Right. And no one liked my main, because he was more of a victim to everything that was happening to him. Like, he, he wasn't was like, passive. He's, yeah, yeah, he wasn't making any right. choices. He's being reactive. Like, well, the yeah. thing also is that what a lot of people don't get is that you got to have a want and a need. And a lot of people and don't, they got to be active, which is where you yeah, have to be active. Yeah. And a lot of people right. don't necessarily catch the difference between a want and a need. Mm-hmm. The want is what you want physically, right? You know, like I need to do this. I have to be. I have to win this case or something like that. The need is what is the most self-actualizing thing that would happen if you won the case. Mm-hmm. You know, like for instance, you know, like I'm gonna. There's something I'm working on. Hopefully, I get this job for is that like it's a, the character, he's uh, he's a, as an athlete, and I'm saying that okay, his want is he wants to win these races because that's what he wants. He mm-hmm. wants to be you known as the fastest man alive. Mm-hmm. But what he needs is his parents never believed in him, mm-hmm. like in doing this, and so he needs to. Sh- need, it's kind of selfish, but I think it'll work for this. He needs to show them up. He needs to say, oh, look, I did it, and y'all yeah. didn't believe in me, but I did do it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So that's two different things, and, and that allows you to make, you know, so your character who's a victim, you're writing as a victim, it's like he doesn't have a need. The, the, the way that I would read that, not knowing the script is, yeah. he doesn't have a need because mm-hmm. he's not reacting right. with, any, with any kind of emotional urgency. Yeah, and it's funny because it, and I think how I, how I first wrote it is his need was more... Oh, he had a need. It was funny enough, but it was more internal. The way that he wanted people to act towards him. Yeah, so and you can't. How do you show that on it, screen? Exactly. So it didn't right. end up showing up. <clears throat> and I mean, I've been a person working on my emotional intelligence for a long time. So I guess that's how I've always um, looked at my life. So I think maybe this is a thing with new writers. Maybe it's only me, but I know a lot of people do go to a blame mm-hmm. point um, mindset, and that's always putting the power in someone else's hands. And I know I was looking at my own life and knowing that I am doing that and me changing to say, what do I want to do today? Like, what, how do I want to do stuff? Made me change my protagonist into always asking, what does he want or what does he want to do? And how does he make that happen rather than what happens to him? Well, yeah, see, I mean, that's okay. This is kind of. This, so this definitely okay. this puts this Good. this leads us into point four in a gr- in a great way because and it's the difference between what this scene and what this movie. So okay, so point four is every sentence must do one of two things: it must reveal character or advance the action. Yeah, and I feel because this is about short stories, but in movies and TV, is that every scene mm-hmm. must do that. Advance the. I mean, if you can do both, mm-hmm. you're great. But we got to do at least one Advance the character Reveal character Advance the story And I kind of feel like What you're saying is this If your character is a victim Then it's kind of like In every scene He has to be You have to show him With the obstacle in front of him And how he gets around it Mm. You know like It's like okay Boom Like how does Okay like if I So things are happening to him Right but probably the way it is now is that he doesn't react. He just, he internalizes, oh, fuck, I'm getting, like, abused and stuff yeah. like that because that's how you usually mm-hmm. end scenes like that. Yeah. And I know that because that's what happens when you're young and you're right, you go, oh, he didn't, like, do the thing to get out of that scene. Or yeah. the next scene has to be him, like, fucking getting out of that. Like, like he got shut down, put the obstacle in front of him, and then he's, like, and, and then he's living with it, like, mm-hmm. now what do I do? Now what do I do? It's like, no, you show him doing it but that's also what you were saying here you're about like well how do you show that it's internalizing it that's the whole thing about show don't tell you gotta yeah. show someone's response to that's happening if he's being passive he's not really doing anything he's thinking about it and the passiveness yeah. is thinking as opposed this, and, and what I'm hearing this is why you need 
a friend or a mentor who's like, you know what your problem Hello? is? Your problem is you never fucking, you never <laughs> fight back. Your problem is you never blah, blah, blah. They, yeah. they tell you all about yourself yeah. until something big happens to make you, slap you in the face, to make you go, like they usually like, you know what I mean? You never, you, you're never going to get married because you never, you, your last <laughs> boyfriend, you did, whatever the fucking thing yeah. is. You know, when you when you were a kid, your mom left you, and now you believe that all women are whatever the fuck you, the yeah. thing is. You know, is your problem? It mm-hmm. is your flaw, mm-hmm. and you can't get over it in episode one. But you have to be striving toward it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whatever that thing is, yeah. and you have to be the active one. What happens in a lot of younger people's scripts is they make your antagonist or your other people all the people who are active. They're the ones who are having all the fun. Yeah. They're the ones who get to walk in the building and shoot the place up. Yeah. They're the ones who get to... Fuck the girl. Fuck the guy. You know what I mean? You know, like betray someone or whatever, you know, and and, and do with Lee as they betray someone. Right. And and if your character is a victim, then, then, for instance, he might be sitting on a bus and some girl or guy, whatever they like, is cruising them and they have no idea. Yeah. But to them, nobody likes them. But the audience sees he, they actually are getting attention. But they're yeah. so oblivious to their own you know, um, innocence and nonsense that they don't even see it. But the audience sees it. So you have to show us things that they don't even realize they have. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's little. Yeah. You know where I'm yeah. going? Yeah, you see, like see, 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 what you're saying about the busting to push it a little further yeah. is... He's sitting on the bus and he's got his own head. And he thinks, you know, maybe something that happened and the girl or the guy sees him and walks up to him and, you know, like, like, like we see the attraction that the other person has to our main character. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that person, the main character gets off the bus and the other person gets off the bus even though it's not their stop yeah. right. and talks to them and our lead character like, is, like, is oblivious to that moment. Mm-hmm. That's when you start to show that's the character's flaw. Right. He feels this way, but he's so in a way that he's unaccepting of of love when it's in his face. Yes. And, and then part of what you got to do in the story is reveal why he thinks that. Like right. through other events, like mm-hmm. he has to, like that's the lie he's told himself. Mm-hmm. The lie he's told himself is is that I'm des- is that I'm undeserving of love, mm-hmm. you know, and therefore you operate under that under that lie until someone changes your operating system. But to make that lie work, you got to show external things where he's where he's rejecting love or he's oblivious to love because he's not open to it right. for whatever reason. Maybe he's been hurt, in, whatever it is. But that's what we're gonna find out in about my, the character in my Sylvester script. Early in the story, I was like, I need to find a way because he's kind of a victim character at first, right? Mother, you know, is kind of abusing him because he's gay. The people in the church or whatever, like there's all these things going on, right? And I want to need something to happen. He goes to move and live in, in, to live with his grandmother. And his grandmother is like a former, like, you know, jazz, blues singer, whatever. And so she's from the streets. So, and I was like, what if there was a moment where, and, and it was known that she hung out with like other like drag queens in like the 50s and stuff and whatever. And I was like, oh, well, he would meet one of them and they would be the key into him being his world. Oh, I went, they need to, there needs to be a scene where he's like this little kid and he's just fascinated with this, you know, I don't want to call him a drag queen because it's not appropriate anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, it isn't. Well, it's in some some whatever. Uh, All right, I'll call him a drag queen. I'm weird at being gay. So, <laughs> <laughs> but young Sylvester is fascinated by this person with man hands, you know, but just <clears throat> super feminine and just beautiful, and all these beautiful um, bracelets on her wrist, mm. and she recognizes it and realizes, oh, his grandmother brought her over to say, is he gay or not? Let me know because she could tell, right? And she comes and she just nods at his mother, at his grandmother, like, "Yeah, he's one of us," right? Mm. So she notices Sylvester staring at her bracelets. She takes off the bracelet and gives it to him, and he's looking at it like it's a fucking diamond ring. Like, mm. wow! Like, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And she says to him these words: "Never let anybody upstage you." And he remembers that. It needed to be a big <clears throat> moment that he would never forget, yeah. right? And she leaves. And he takes that with him, him as he grows up. So whenever he's in any situation and somebody does something, he's like, mm, child, don't ever upstage me. It's like his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I made him from passive to, to active. Mm. You know, I had to find a device. 
you know? Yeah, you, you, get to, you get it, honestly. I mean, it's like... You know, but it was a visual device. It's a visual device. It's great. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's a moment I have in... I, I'm trying to... In my Orson Welles thing, I try to figure out how to show his arrogance. Mm-hmm. Because his arrogance <clears throat> and his ego is what uh, dragged him down. But that's the beginning of the character. And... It's like this opening scene. It's like he's he's got a movie he's playing that's being booed, and he goes to a bar to kind of like fuck. I fucked this up, mm-hmm. and then people start criticizing his movie, and he gets in a fight with the critics. Right. He's like throwing punches at them and shit because it's like you know you can't tell what the f- my shit is bad. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, but we just clearly saw what his thing is. But it's like, but that's like it's a visual moment mm-hmm. it's, a, vi- it's mm-hmm. a big fight you know and everything like that and you're like what? oh he's gonna fight motherfuckers who tell him mm-hmm. he's wrong yeah. you know and you're like that's a guy that you have to learn a lot before before you like him you know mm-hmm. but that's that's the thing that you gotta do it's 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 yeah mm-hmm. I, yeah you know I mean but it's it's all about revealing the character I mean that scene you tell you met uh, the, the bracelet it's mm-hmm. like that is two things you did in that it's like action mm-hmm. you're advancing the story and you're advancing the character yeah. You know, and it's like that's it's and that's that's when you know a scene is a bad scene is that it doesn't do any of those. Right. And now a scene see that's, and you say you say, Oh, but it's a, a dramatic scene. It's like doesn't matter. If you're going over a, a story beat we already know, you have to devise another way to that scene's gonna be something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where are you at, Jatani? <clears throat> I am on Twitter as Jasani Drew. Which is J E S as in Sam, A N as in Nancy, I, last name Drew, as in Drew Barrymore. Um, <laughs> yes. He's practicing um, that shit. <laughs> you know, I do this. This is how I introduce stuff. Like, my name is Jasani, like the water with a J. That's exactly how I say my name every time. Um, and on uh, Instagram, I'm Visionary Alignment. On Facebook, my name is Jasani Drew. That's what's up. Where you at, Chris? I am a. Uh, Unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. All right. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, <clears throat> Screenwriters Rant Room at Gmail. Oh, follow the show, Screenwriters RR. <laughs> I can't even talk straight. Um, please, uh, if you have any questions, Screenwriters Rant Room at gmail.com. Um, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you guys listen to. Give us a five star review. We need that for the metrics. Um, please uh, share, post, whatever our new Patreon page, Screenwriters yeah, Rent the, Room. Is it, yeah, Screenwriters Rent Room. Um, well, the link for it is, is in the show notes. The link's right. in the show notes. Yeah, please support the show. We appreciate that shit. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Shout out to Lisa, wherever you are, little girl. Love you. Um, <laughs> and uh, y'all know how we do it on the Rent Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? Black Panther's Panthers Quest. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.